You are listening to the Captain's Coach Podcast, where we provide top insights into sports leadership to inspire team captains to lead their teams more effectively and help coaches to systematically develop and use them. Now, here's your co-host, Luke Poulos. to another episode of the Captain's Coach Podcast. I am especially excited about today's episode because I will be interviewing my own cousin, Mary Swarthout. Mary was a standout two-sport athlete at Catholic University and was a captain for both the women's lacrosse and field hockey teams. She brings a great perspective to the conversation on how to balance being a two-sport captain and how to impact your team in the off-season, even if you can't be there for practice and team workouts. The importance of communication between coaches and captains and some good tips on how to enhance that communication how to overcome the challenge of confronting teammates and peers when a change needs to be made, and what makes a truly great captain. I hope you enjoyed today's interview with Mary Swarthout on another episode of the Captain's Coach Podcast. Mary, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? Thanks. Doing great. How are you? I'm great. Uh, I'm especially excited to do this podcast episode with my very own cousin. Um, (laughs) Woohoo! Um, so for those of you that may have missed the intro, Mary was a two sport athlete and captain at Catholic university for the women's lacrosse team and the women's field hockey team. So from there, I would like to get your unique perspective on what it was like to be a two sport athlete and a two sport captain. Um, and maybe if you could give some insight on how you filled uh, a different role on each team in terms of your leadership, or if you had to tailor your leadership Uh, differently to those teams based on their strengths and weaknesses. Yeah, thanks. Um, It was definitely a blessing to be able to play both. And it was so cool to be um, someone who was able to contribute to both teams. Um, It was a little different for field hockey because I was considered a walk-on. Lacrosse, I was recruited to play there um, at Catholic. So I wasn't totally sure how the field hockey would work out, but I'm so glad that I chose to do both. And I would say that um, for field hockey, I did have to sort of earn my role for sure. And um, I became a captain my senior year. And in lacrosse, I became a captain my junior year and um, was able to do that for two years and for field hockey just for one. But for both sports, I'd say it was definitely a, a unique experience. I, I missed, obviously, the off-season for, for both teams. I was in-season um, for the other team, obviously, and I was not able to, you know, kind of be a part of those outside-of-season, like, team building and, and workouts and stuff, but I was able to figure out how to kind of fill fill in um, when I was there. Yeah, so that was something I actually didn't think about that you brought up, that your sports were in opposing seasons. So you didn't have the opportunity to be in the offseason. So I think that's something maybe some of our, our high school captain listeners may run into in terms of being a multi-sport athlete and a multi-sport leader on their teams. You know, lacrosse being in the spring, baseball being in the spring, football and soccer, 
being in the fall and you have basketball and, and hockey in the wintertime. Um, was there anything that you, that you thought was beneficial or that you were able to do as a captain to kind of uh, insert yourself or uh, put yourself out there to be a leader or anything you did specifically to kind of promote your own leadership and influence your team, even though you weren't there in the off season? Yeah, great question. Um, I think it's important to still show your support, your interest, um, to check in with your teammates, just send them texts, you know, send an email, a mass email, just say, hey, thinking of you guys, if, if they're going into like a tournament weekend, or if they, if you know they have a hard practice coming up in the off season, just knowing that you're, you're thinking of them and that you're, you know, you still have them in mind and you know that their work in the off season is going to really pay off during the season and just letting them know like, Hey, you know, I'm, we're working really hard on, on my, you know, field hockey team. And I'm, I'm encouraging these girls also to support my lacrosse team, go out and watch games when we have, when we have time and um, just making sure I'm supporting both is, was really important and just keeping in touch. Yeah, I think that's important. It's, it's been a common theme through the last few episodes as well. The, the importance of your, your team leaders um, to, to show interest in not only the on the field stuff, but also the off the field and kind of generate that cohesive team uh, holistically through your performances on the field. And even when you can't be there, just like you said, to send a text or an email to let them know, hey, you're here for them if you need something, um, even if you aren't physically there uh, for those off-season practices. So from, from there, uh, I guess a good, a good uh, segue would be being on both teams and you can either answer and focus on one team or you can focus on, on both if you would like, but what were some things that your team or your coaches did to systematically build leaders on their team? Great. So I would say um, definitely, I'm sure a lot of people have said this, but team building activities like outside of the sport itself were super important. I remember thinking that like, um, you know, on the, on the field hockey team, when I was younger, I, I didn't make as much of an impact in terms of on the field per se. Um, but I think when you're doing kind of activities outside of that, it gives you a chance to shine even if you're not always out there on the field um, with your teammates. So it helps you to also kind of show your personality a little bit outside of the sport. Um, I know some fun ones we always did were, um, well, one I can, we would always do like team dinners for one and then kind of just talking about um, school and, and doing offering to like, tutor people if you know you're good at um, a certain subject or just sort of reaching out in realms that you know you're talented outside of outside of sports and that can definitely develop help you to develop your confidence and um, leadership skills even if you're not making a huge impact when you're younger on the field. Yeah great um, with the the tutoring and the team dinners, uh, were, were your coaches involved in that at all as a, as a program? Um, maybe not directly, but uh, indirectly influencing people to be certain tutors or to to fill different roles on the team outside of uh, your on the field stuff. Yes, they definitely were, and they would set up um, like study halls basically, and they would sort of. Um, 
you know, in a, in a individual meeting with players go over how classes are going and things like that. And if they knew that someone was struggling, they'd say, all right, you're going to spend a certain amount of time in our team study hall and we can pair you up with so-and-so who's, you know, really good at, at this and can kind of walk you through this. Or, you know, we would always reach out to the girls in our same major. I was a nursing major. Um, I always looked up to the, the older girls um, who, uh, you know, made it through nursing while doing sports. That was like, just knowing that they could do it simply gave me the hope that I was going to make it through too. And they gave me some, you know, heads up in terms of teachers and projects and certain things that um, they knew I would have to go through and they definitely helped me along the way. So it, it was just so nice having that support. And I think my coaches did a good job of encouraging that support um, and the captains as well. So. Yeah, I think it's really important that that coaches are able to promote their senior, their junior leaders, their upperclassmen to really serve as role models because that's exactly what they are for the underclassmen, whether it be on the field or through the examples that you just uh, explained in the classroom. Um, because like you said, you wanted to be like those upper class girls for uh, your nursing. And I'm sure it was the same way on the field. Uh, were there were there any other things behind the scenes and off the field outside of the, the tutoring and the team building exercises that you felt really promoted leadership development or team cohesion? Sure. Um, well, I guess one other thing with the with like the team building that was cool was we did like um, we did a ropes course one year for field hockey, which was um, super fun. And we it was just really cool to have to work through like problem solving, like problem solving things as a team, but not in your normal realm on the field, mm-hmm. but kind of off the field and, and figuring out how to problem solve in, in different scenarios. I thought that was really cool. And then sort of, like I mentioned before, kind of just um, the encouragement from the coaches to um, to be doing, to be focusing also on how you're doing in the classroom and how you're doing in the community and um, making sure that you're, they held us to a high standard in terms of like life as a whole, not just being a good athlete, but a good student, a good person. And like you said, that made me want to be like the captains, like the upperclassmen. And I'd say that was one of the biggest influences that I had was just, I was blessed to have really good upperclassmen and and captains before me and it was sort of like a tradition it was like you knew what you were you knew what you were held to in those roles and you kind of you wanted to fill that and you wanted to live up to that and I'd say there wasn't you know anything particularly in writing on that but it was it was kind of a, a team tradition that you just knew what what you wanted your captains to be like yeah, it sounds like that was really a built-in thing to your your culture. And I think two two good uh, things to pull out of there is, is one, the team-building environments that you put your teams through. So it's really important for you to put your teams in environments and situations outside of the field because de- depending on what those situations are, whether it be a ropes course or some kind of problem-solving uh, team-building exercise or in the classroom – it gives the opportunity for other people who may not be leaders on the field to step up and promote their own leadership and influence the team in their own ways. Um, I think it's also really important, again, going back to the holistic, uh, caring for a person as a whole, 
when when programs and upperclassmen show that care and that authentic um, that authentic care to develop you as a as a whole person, not just within your sport, it just gets reciprocated, and you get so much more buy-in uh, from your from your players and from your peers when they know that you're looking out for them not just and you're not just using them for their athleticism or their skill on the field um so that's that's something great that that was built into your culture and it sounds like was a continuation uh through your years at at catholic um so specifically uh about your coaches was there anything that you specifically loved about either one of your coaches sure um well i sort of so let's see specifically so I, I did touch on basically what you had mentioned, which is that they cared about they care about who we are um, as people, and that was that was a big thing. And then for me also, it was that both of my coaches believed in me before before I fully like believed in myself as as a leader. So I think it's sort of it gave me the hope and it gave me that. Um, that confidence that I needed and they were always so like encouraging and they supported me on and off the field and they taught me to you know set goals for myself you know beginning of the season we'd have meetings individual meetings with our coaches and they'd say you know what are your goals for the season what what do you want to accomplish individually what do you want the team to accomplish so I think it was good to actually set goals and they would pushed me to set higher and higher goals for myself. Like, you know, in field hockey, I never would have imagined like that I could become like an All-American. And my coach, I, I remember to this day, the meeting that she, it was my senior year and it was that first, first individual meeting. And she said, what do you want to, what do you want to accomplish? And I just said, I'd like to be recognized. I'd like to you know, make sure that this is my best season. I want us to win a championship. But she said, like, well, don't you want to also be an All-American? I said, well, heck yes, I do, of course. Like, so I think just her giving me that hope and having that um, belief in me also, like, really pushed me to the next level. And then in that specifically, we also had, like, we also had self-evaluations and specific broken down things in terms of our skills and in terms of our coachability and in terms of our leadership that we actually reviewed each year and she would um my field hockey coach would print them out and we could look at them each year and see what progress we've made so I think that was really helpful as well yeah I think that's always important to continually get and give feedback as a player and a coach uh, it goes two ways with communication I think it's really important especially to take your captains and do everything you can to boost their confidence and empower them along with the meetings about your individual and your team goals. Was there any other way that either one of your coaches mentored you or developed you as a captain through um, maybe like weekly or monthly meetings about the team, how everyone was doing, or did they ever provide you with any kind of skills or tips to help you along with, with your captaincies? Sure. Um, for lacrosse, I can remember that we would, um, the captains would meet with our coaches before every practice and we'd sort of, we would set, you know, small goals for the, for the practice and goals kind of for the week. And we'd 
reflect on maybe our past game and things that we want to improve on. And then if there were, you know, individuals who stood out or something, we would, we would talk about that in the meeting before practice. And we'd say, you know, okay, how can we, you know, continue to develop this skill in this person? Or how can we continue to, you know, have the defense that we had during the last game? And um, so our coaches, they did um, really include us in the process, which was really nice. And I can remember doing that, you know, before games too. And, and they would, we would talk about also like how to reveal certain news to the team or certain plans to the team and, and, or how to, you know, pick up a certain individual. If we notice that their game hasn't been quite on, you know, our coaches would kind of assign one of us um, to specifically pay a little bit more attention to that person and reach out to them and see what we can do to, to help, either boost their confidence or help them work on their game or um, things like that. So that was definitely valued and it helped to uh, helped both of our, our, in our captain role and as well as the coaches, I think working all together just really helped. That's awesome. Yeah. Those are, that's sounds like it was very, very productive, very, had a very good influence on, on both your teams. I think that's something that all coaches and captains, if you if you don't already meet regularly with each other, that's something you should definitely implement. Um, just the importance of, like you were saying, not only going over the X's and O's of practices each day, but setting goals, um, setting goals for your games, going over the game stuff, because not only are you a leader in terms of your tactics and strategy, but also your meetings, your, your topics on promoting certain individuals and what they're doing well. And uh, especially like the part about how you guys discussed how to break certain news to the team because um, your captains are, nobody's going to know your team better than your captains in terms of what's going on, what's going on with certain people, what the environment's like in the locker room. And you're that direct liaison between your coach and your peers and, and other players on the team. So it is of the utmost importance that captains and coaches have that constant communication to be able to gauge where their team is at not only on the field, but also off the field. So I think that's something awesome. Uh, those examples are something that definitely every captain and coach can, can take away uh, and, and try to implement in their own, in their own programs. Um, speaking of, of developing and mentoring the captains, how did your team select captains? Um, for, both, for both teams, it was anonymous votes, team votes. And then I recall that my cap, my coaches probably, they sort of decided how many, because we had a different number of, of captains each year almost. And it kind of, some of it depended on the number of upperclassmen and, and just who really fit the role well. Um, so there was even, example would be my my senior year there was the four seniors and in field hockey and my coach felt that all four of us had been good leaders and that together we could all four be the captains so that's how it worked out but the year before maybe there was only two or um, for lacrosse I was a junior captain with two other captains so it kind of just it depended on the votes of the team as well as the coach's discretion, I guess. 
Yeah, that's interesting that they they kind of changed their their strategy each year. Uh, do you do you think that was effective, or would you have preferred to have a set number of captains, maybe less or more, each year? Yeah, it it made it always kind of a guessing game because you never knew um, how many they were going to have, and and it was sort of it was sort of up in the air. So. I don't know. I think, I think there's something to be said for having a couple different captains with sort of different personalities, maybe mm -hmm. to to balance things out. But there's definitely a time where it can be too many, <laughs> and also not enough. Um, I like the idea of having more than one. That's for sure. I think that that I think that that's good because then that that one person um, can run things off of their peer, their other captain, and as long as, as, as well as with the coaches. But yeah, I, I can't say specifically that I, I disliked any of the numbers that we had. I think we all kind of made it work out the way that we did. So. Yeah, for sure. I think um, sometimes I know in high school, we had five captains, my, my, oh, wow. my junior and senior year, both years. And I, I think we, leaned a little bit too much on you know just the seniors ended up being the captains and I, I think sometimes that can take away but but also to your point um, I think especially in college and high school it's important to have more than one one so that the the captains have somebody to lean on and be able to bounce ideas off and they don't have to feel the absolute weight of the entire team on them especially in high school um, and then yes. the second part of that that you mentioned was the, the, the having different personalities. Um, I'd mentioned in, in my uh, conversation with Ben on, on our first episode was the like kind of the dichotomy that that can go on on the team. So you have your on the field leaders, really vocal in practice, good X's and O's guys, maybe your most talented player, but then you also need the off the field guys that, maybe are able to crack jokes when the team's really tense, or maybe they're the guys that clean up the locker room uh, in terms of behavior and culture and stuff that's going on. Uh, so it's really important to just gauge your team. I do like that your, that your coaches um, changed year to year based on the team's needs. So I think that that's also really important to take in consideration as well. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. I think it was mostly based on kind of what the team needed. And I, I agree with, um, the benefit of having leaders who are not always out on the field. I think that the ones on the sideline make every bit of difference. Um, and I can specifically remember my freshman year field hockey, one of the captains who didn't get as much playing time, um, but her attitude was just like so positive and so beautiful. And it just, it connected the players on the field to those on the bench and made everybody kind of have that same spirit and energy. And I can remember when she would get in that like her energy just flowed over into the game and it was, it was really cool to see. And that's definitely one of the, the main things in my kind of my conceptual ideas would be that instead of, you know, leaders are not going to be your, the best players on the team, but they're going to be the best team players. So the ones who are really looking out for whatever's best for the team. Um, so I had, I definitely had that as an example. And then also my 
my senior year of field hockey when there was four of us. Um, one of one of our seniors, she didn't get as much playing time, and it was a similar thing that her energy connected the sideline players to those on the field, and her voice was one of the loudest, and it was such a great example. And then she, when she would get in the game, she it was just she was full of energy and I can remember one game where she had the game winning goal. And it was, it was just awesome to see because that can translate over into the sidelines and connect everybody. Yeah. Those are two really, really good examples of how you can impact your team. Even if you aren't someone that's always on the field. And I a hundred percent agree. Um, some guys we've talked about on the, on the podcast in the past uh, were, were definitely guys that didn't get to play that much. And it's a great point. To, you can really see the impact that those those players have and those captains have on their team when they do get the opportunity to get in the game because you can just see visually and emotionally see the, the sideline energy just go up by tenfold. And then especially when they make big plays, that yes. it's, it's the biggest celebration of, of the year. Um, it's, it's, it's crazy when you actually see it and you realize, wow, the, the impact and how much um, leadership the person displays when you see how their peers react to them getting to do what they want to do. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. I can, I can still remember those specific times. Like everybody was going nuts, you know, for that, for that particular person. Cause you know how hard they work and how much they care. And um, it just makes all the difference. It's awesome. Thanks for listening to the Captain's Coach Podcast with Luke Poulet. If you liked what you just heard, please give us a five-star review on iTunes and check out our website at captainscoach.com. Join us next time for another edition of the Captain's Coach Podcast.